I am your father. This is, this is a Brandon Colby Jacobs from Facebook exclusive. exclusive. And you'll see why 1984 won't be like 1984. Touche, my nigga. Touche. Yo, what it do, what it is, man. It's your boy, Brandon Kobe Jacobson. You are listening to the established 1984 podcast, man. Uh, I'm not even sure what episode we're on now. <laughs> we got so many in the can, man. Um, you know, shout out to everybody who has uh, has been willing to get on the podcast, provide some great information. I've gotten some great feedback from people who have enjoyed different uh, different episodes of the podcast. Some people like Ricky. Some people love DJ Cap. Some people love Grand Prix. Some people love Ashley Young, who was on who was on last week. Uh, but today, man, I have a I feel like a person who has, in a lot of ways, mirrored a lot of what Ashley has done. Is probably going to move in in a lot of different ways through through her uh, through her career. I have uh, I know her as Tashika because I knew her when she was a little baby, but now she she is on Power One Hundred and Six and she is Ty Sheeks. Tashika, how are you, sweetie? How old am I? I said, how are you, sweetie? Oh, I'm good. I'm good. You know, I'm multitasking right now. I'm still at the radio station working. It's all good, man. It's all good. I mean, that's that's the grind, man. I mean, sometimes you up there till one, two o'clock in the morning. Lord knows I was when I was. When I was working for the radio station, you already know you gotta stay hungry. <laughs> exactly, that's the only way you make it in the industry, man. You know, ain't no, there's no days off, as they put it. Right. Right. So, obviously, this is just a conversation we want to uh, provide the people with a little bit of information on uh, the process of breaking into, you know, radio and whatnot. But before we do all of that, I want people to get a little bit insight from you. Obviously, uh, you're a Jacksonville native. Why don't you rep your side? Tell everybody what side of town you're from and whatnot. I rep the north side, Dunn Avenue, <laughs> Hearts Road, Tudor Creek. I already know. <laughs> All right, and um, <laughs> you went to uh, you went to First Coast High School. Obviously, I know yes, that for a variety of reasons. Uh, how did we meet at First Coast? I, I think I was teaching at the time. You huh? were my substitute school <laughs> teacher for my math class. I think I was in that class for a minute too. Like that's the hustle. Like it was for my statistics class. I remember that. Yeah, and the funny thing is, is like everybody thinks that like when you're in the industry, you're making all this money and stuff. And I mean, I did well. I mean, I had great clothes, great car, all that kind of stuff. But you always got to have a side hustle, and that was my side hustle. I was in school. I was a club promoter. Uh, I was making a lot of money running, uh, working for uh, for Tom Fisher over at Plush. And I also during the day I substitute taught, <laughs> which worked out well because I what was I doing? Passing out flyers, giving y'all t-shirts. <laughs> yeah, I definitely understand so, so, understand that. so what was it like uh what was it like for you growing up on the north side and, and, and going to first coast how you feel like that shaped you growing up on the north side was wonderful like i never wanted for anything um my mom didn't allow me to go to highlands middle for middle school mm-hmm. i guess that had something to do with it i actually went to twin lakes all okay. the way and bay meadows okay. i went to middle school on the south side and then i found my way back to my home school, which is First Coast, and I was in a marching band, so I stayed really, really busy. Mm-hmm. I was in a marching band, and I had a part-time job at the school, so I really had no time to, like, get in trouble or anything. Right. I mean, you know, I mean, the marching band is second to to the course, uh, but, you know. Really? <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know. Even about 
Hey, I'm just I'm just keeping it a buck when we talk about who generates revenue for real for real. We all know it was the first coast course, but but that's the, you're right. We're not gonna go there. We're not gonna do this. So that's okay. But who had you turn at the football games though? And at the pep rallies, it was not the course. It was it was the other team's band. But um, we're not gonna. Do- <laughs> Oh my it's all good. We're not going to do that. So, I mean, obviously, you graduate from First Coast High School in, in 2006, mm-hmm. move on, and you go to Bethune-Cookman. Another yeah, another decision that is kind of like, well, you know, could have went to fam, but, you know, okay, so you, <laughs> so you went. So you, went. <laughs> you a rattler, Brandon? <laughs> I, I had a cup of coffee at fam, and my dad played ball for fam, so yeah, I'm. Um, All right. Yeah. yeah. You know, I finished from UNF, but I went to fam. Um, okay, okay. But I mean, so you, uh, you know, you you decided to go to Bethune. And, um, university. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right, it's a, it's a university now. Um, <laughs> took a while, but um, <laughs> talk a little. <laughs> All of this shade. <laughs> Why don't you talk a little bit about what it was like attending uh, Bethune-Cookman as an HBCU, obviously, and, and how you think that impacted you professionally? And if so, if it did impact you, in what ways did it kind of impact you? Because, you know, people always say that, they, that you kind of have a different swag when you come from an HBCU as opposed to a predominantly white institution. So talk a little bit about that. I mean, attending an HBCU was awesome. Like, I never pledged or anything, but I had roommates and friends that pledged in Greek life and stuff. Mm-hmm. So it was really dope. Like, I really enjoyed it. Um, going to HBCU, I can't say it felt like going to First Coast because First Coast was like a mixture, like right. white and black. My middle school was a mixture white and black. So this was actually like my first time since elementary school going to a black school. We had other races at Bethune Cookman University, but it was predominantly African American. Right. So, I mean, really, I just felt at home. Like, I thought it was really dope being around other African Americans. We're all on the same path, trying to get a degree, trying to get to the next step, learn all we can. So, right. I mean,. I mean, a lot, I, I think a lot of people sometimes uh, the perception that they have as far as HBCUs is it seems like the professors tend to be harder on us as as, as young black people uh, in an effort to prepare you for what the world is going to challenge you in the faces that, and the challenges that you'll see out in the world. Um, so that's usually what uh, what a lot of people tell me. And I, I know that that's the experience that I had from my time at, at FAM. So, you know, I think that it, it makes you it makes I don't want to say that you work harder, but. I, just a lot of the people that I see come out of HBCUs, we tend to be a little bit hungrier. You know what I mean? Yeah, I definitely could feel that. That's okay. not a fan. Right. Now, I, I don't recall you really having, having when you were younger, obviously, being like, oh, yeah, I want to get into music. I want to get into radio. Because, I mean, you saw me around, and I, I don't ever really remember you gravitating towards that. So, what was the process of deciding to move in the direction of radio? Was it just kind of broadcast journalism or, or TV that you wanted to do and you ended up in radio? How'd you end up deciding that you wanted to go in that direction professionally? When I first started college, I always wanted to be a news anchor. I was like, I want to be on TV. I want to be a news anchor because I knew I liked to talk. I knew whatever profession it was going to be in, it was going to be production of some sort and I was going to be talking. Mm-hmm. When I got into college, my professor told me, she said, you know, when you become a news anchor, you can't change your hair. It has to stay the same. You have to talk a certain way. I was like, what? I can't be myself. I was like, no, nah, that's not for me. 
so I ended up taking a radio class one summer, and that's how I found my love for radio. I heard myself, like, doing air checks and stuff, and I was like, I have a really dope voice, like, okay. And then I took another radio class during, like, fall semester, and my professor told me I had a voice for radio. And ever since he told me that, it gave me motivation to never give up and always to always get a career in radio. Like, just never give up. Okay. Now, so, so that's how I got on the radio. So, so what was the process like? Well, I mean, uh, how did you finally make your break into the industry? I mean, obviously, most of us usually end up doing an internship. Was that the process for you? How, how did you how did you actually get in? Okay, so my okay, this is my senior year in college of undergrad. Mm-hmm. I was one. I'm one of those people that wait for the last minute to do stuff. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I can do it. Whatever, I'll get it done. Right. Then I'm like, dang, I'm at my senior year. It's time to graduate, and I haven't been in any organizations in my mass communications department. Mm-hmm. Like I wasn't a part of nothing. I'm like, oh my gosh, what am I gonna do? So I ended up interning at Black Crow Media. Mm-hmm. I really didn't do anything on air. I just did busy work with the traffic department. Mm-hmm. But I did an air check upon me completing my internship because I needed that to graduate. So fast forward, I graduate, got my bachelor's degree. So I'm in Daytona because nobody likes to move back home. So I'm right. like, what am I going to do? I'm working in the mall, Brandon, at Auntie Anne's pretzels. You know what that is, right? <laughs> so I'm in. I Auntie feel like Anne's I saw you when I came when I came for some when I came for some frat shit. Probably I feel like I saw you in the mall, but, you know. So I have a bachelor's degree in arts, working at Auntie Anne's pretzels. So I'm like, yo, I gotta do something. So I enroll in graduate school. You know the way sometimes trying to figure out what I'm gonna do. So I come home one weekend. And I heard it was a new station on air. I'm like, what is Power 1061? I'm like, it has no jocks on it. I'm like, but it's a dope station. So I go back to Daytona. I don't know who I emailed my resume to, but I just started emailing everybody on the website. And luckily the promo person had got back to me. He was like, hey, I want to bring you in for an interview. That's always how I'm it so starts. They want free I'm work. like, yes, this is for a radio station. So I come in for my interview, I got the job, and he was like, it's part-time, it's only $9 an hour. Mm-hmm. So I'm coming you, Hold on, wait a minute, you got paid? <laughs> <laughs> this, was, this was a part-time job. Okay, bro, because I was going to say, bro, yeah. I swear to God, Clear, Clear Channel did not pay the Clear Channel, iHeartMedia, and um, I work for Cumulus, too, out of uh, out of Tallahassee, Blazing 102.3, shout out to Little Boy. Um... And when I tell you, didn't get a dime at either one of those places, but you know, it is what it is. Go ahead and finish the story. It felt like I wasn't getting paid because my first paycheck was not even a hundred dollars, Randy. Not even a hundred dollars. Oh my god! So you got to think about it. I left an apartment in Daytona, like living on my own, mm-hmm. stable, making my little auntie and checks. But I was, you know, on my own, moving back in with my parents making nine dollars an hour mm-hmm. i'm like yo something gonna have to give so my mom was like well why don't you substitute school teach mm-hmm. she was like you get paid every week full circle do this thing on part time i'm like okay make a long story short i was substitute school teaching and working here part time mm-hmm. do you want me to keep going about my journey no or- keep on going <laughs> so I'm um, substitute school teacher and I'm working part time. 
So my operations manager, he was like, yo, I really think you should start a blog and write celebrity news and entertainment so you can have things to talk about on air. Right. I'm like, okay. So I'm thinking of a name for my blog and my coworker came up with it. She works in Texas now. She was like, what about True Talk with Tashiks? Because it's Power 1061, True Hip Hop. What about True Talk with Tashiks? I'm like, okay, that's dope. I like that. So I started writing my stories. I'm still part-time, making $9 an hour now. Still part-time, writing my stories, going on air. And I only had like one day a week. I started on Saturdays from 10 a.m. to 2. I was real hype. I'm like, yo, I'm on the radio, 10 to 2, that's what's up. Then I increased that to Sunday, so I was doing Saturday and Sunday, 10 to 2. Then a position opened, and they were looking for a midday personality. I'm like, yo, why didn't you ask me to do it? I'm like, well, let me just email my (laughs) So I was like, "Um, what do I have to do to become the midday personality? He was like, send me an air check. I'm looking at I'm like looking at my email like really I gotta send you an air check I'm already on the air but okay I'll send you an air check mm-hmm. so I sent him another air check about a few days go by he was like you got a job <laughs> mind you mind you I'm still part time <laughs> middays and weekends so now you're taking on so, more work and still ain't making no no kind right. of money okay. I'm like it's okay it's okay. So I would come in around 6 a.m. every day, knock my show out, write my stories, and then I would go sub. I'd probably sub from like 8 a.m. to 3 p.m. Mm-hmm. And then if I had a promo event to go to like Art Walk or go to a business or whatever, I would pick up extra hours there. So I did that consistently for about a year. Mm-hmm. And then the last three months before I became full-time, I was like, yo, I need a break from stuff, and these kids driving me crazy. So I got a job at Convergence. Everyone that lives in Jacksonville mm-hmm. probably worked at Convergence call center. I should have called you so, so, I could get, so I could get some stuff off my AT&T phone bill, but go ahead. <laughs> so I worked there for like three months, and then finally I got my break. I, they created a position here for me, and I became full-time. So now I'm on air. I schedule the music for Power 1061. I do all of the social media from Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all of that stuff. I write the copywriting stuff to go on air, like the liners, the promos. I write all of that stuff. I make sure the website is up and running. Like I'm pretty much behind the scenes of Power, but I'm still on air. Like. People just think like I'm just on air, but I make sure everything flows correctly on air. I make sure everything sounds good. So essentially what you're saying is you that nigga. Pretty much. <laughs> and I'm still learning stuff because right. like my end goal, like I really do want to become a program director, but I'm learning everything I need to learn. I don't want to rush through anything. Right. I want to take my time. And then hopefully move to a bigger market because Jacksonville, I think, is market number 49. Mm-hmm. And one day I want to be in the top 10 market because the bigger the market, the more, more money, money you make. make. 100%. Yep. Now, to that point, you're currently working for Power. Um, did you feel like uh, the process of breaking into the Jacksonville market was challenging? And, and if so, what challenges did you face? Because I often hear a lot of young people say that, that it can be difficult trying to break into the market like Jacksonville, where people are so used to the same old thing and the same old voices. I feel like I'm still breaking 
breaking into this market. Even though I am from Jacksonville, I moved away in 2006 and I didn't come back till 2013. And I still feel like I'm breaking into it. Like people that know me and grew up with me know me, but I still meet people to this day and they're like, oh my God, you're Tashiks. Like mm-hmm. I'm still breaking into the market. And I think it's going to take a few years. Like, you know, because you have people like T-Roy, you got Eazy-E, like, I listen to them in elementary and middle school, like, everybody knows them. Mm-hmm. You just know them. Right. Like, it's heritage. So, I feel like it's going to take years and years and years, you know, and the people that listen to me are people that are in elementary school and high school today. Mm-hmm. You got to think about it, the people that listen to T-Roy and Eazy-E, they're our age now. But we used to listen to them back in the day. Right. right. So, you grow that that listenership and that fan base like that it takes years that's I right. feel like it's nothing that's gonna happen in like a few years and then it's gonna take years right I got you now, we spoke to Ashley Young, uh, who works for iHeartMedia. She's a PD in Texas, mm-hmm. and she talked about having some challenges uh, being a female in the industry. Have you experienced any challenges having uh, obviously being a female? And if so, in what ways? Definitely, I definitely like to this day for the challenges. I feel like if I was a guy, I could be making more money. But I feel like even with just like hosting and stuff, I may host like one or two events. But then it gets to a point where somebody wants to talk to me and I don't give them the time of day. Then they feel some type of way. Then they stop my money. But I'm like, whatever. It's okay. Like, pause, Jacksonville. I'm also on air in Orlando at Power 95.3. Okay. So that's more money for me. That's more exposure. Like, sometimes I have to take a pause on my whole hometown because they feel like I owe them something or I should do stuff for free or I should go out on a date with them. And it's not, I'm, I've never been like that. Right. I'd rather just do it on my own. Right. And I mean, that, I think that that's something that, that we've all experienced in one capacity or another. I know uh, as a club promoter and as a street team promoter, like people used to come to me and want to use my street team all the time, which is cool. Like, obviously, you, mm-hmm. you know, people know your name and they're like, oh, New Blood Entertainment. You know, they doing their thing on the street team game. You know, we want them to do work. But but cats, and I'm not going to say no names, but, you know, cats that we came up with, cats in the streets, cats are still doing things now would come and, and they want to drop man I got like $50 for you you got $50 for 5,000 flyers you got your fucking like mind. how like, like you know what I don't understand you bring people that aren't even from your city and you willing to pay them like thousands of thousands of dollars and you have talented people right here in your own city and you won't even pay them $150 right and, and, those, and those people that you're bringing in they not gonna promote it on Instagram they not gonna promote your event on Facebook they not gonna promote your event on their Snapchat they not really gonna do anything but come up pick they, pick they check up and bounce and maybe do a quick walk through you know maybe have a couple of drinks out of the VIP where you pay for a bottle for them because they put it on their rider and bounce mm-hmm. you know but I mean that's that's the game here we, we're, we, we haven't been necessarily great at building personalities and building stars and we spend a lot of time trying to tear people down so but that's always been right. a challenge in the Jacksonville market unfortunately now I do have to ask you this question this question what are your thoughts on your competitor 93.3 to beat do you feel like your talent at your station exceeds theirs and if so in what ways because they they've been here a long time as you said we grew up with the same voices that are there now do you feel like those voices resonate in the same way that like you and bird and everybody who who's at your station does I feel like um 93.3 is an awesome station. I listen to 93.3 
but I also feel like they need to add in some fresh voices. Nobody wants to hear the same people every day, every year, every decade. <laughs> we need I feel like you're talking about some specific like, people, but it's cool. Like, <laughs> like I'm not knocking I'm not knocking nobody at ninety three point three. I'm just saying give the, the millennials, the younger people a chance to be on air. Right. You can't do it all the time. Like have have your backup plans. Right, and I, I had that same com- I had that same conversation with Ashley because I felt like, and I felt the same way when I was coming up. Was that they didn't really they didn't really grant an opportunity for me to really you know be a face, and I didn't even necessarily want to be on air, but just in roles that are in prominent roles, whether that's you know in promotions and being a leader in the promotions department, whether that's being a PD, you know, or anything like that, you know. They they didn't really seem to be very receptive to change and I, and I was sitting I always thought to myself I was like you know what you're not gonna last being that way and you know I'm in Texas now myself but I often hear a lot of people who I talk to from Jacksonville I ask them who they're listening to and they're talking about power now and I think that that's a byproduct of you know the type of music that you play the diversity of music that you play and then also the fresh voices I don't know what what are your thoughts and we also cater to local talent like. We have a contest, Duval's Finest Double XL. We give local hip hop artists a chance to have their songs played on power every two weeks. You have a full two weeks of rotation on our radio station. Mm-hmm. And they I get BDS don't know other station in Jacksonville that's doing that. Yep. Yeah. That, I mean, they're really and truly, there's, there's only two that would probably cater to the demos of local artists. So, I, you know. And that, that's a challenge. I mean, a lot of those guys, I mean, I know Doom tries to do what he can as far as getting guys in through mix shows and things like that. Mm-hmm. But uh, it, it's not, I mean, a mix show spin really doesn't do a whole lot for you, obviously. You know what I'm saying? Because it doesn't give people enough yeah. time to digest your record. So I can understand the challenges that some that some guys have with 93.3. Um, now, what's your perception on the on the Jacksonville market from a musical standpoint? What do you think are some of the things the artists in the market don't understand you know, with regards to getting visibility from the local stations and getting the kind of support that you're talking about? I feel like local artists don't understand you need to have relationships with the DJs. DJs are going to break your records. It's not all about getting your song on the radio. If you build a relationship with our DJs, like... DJ Swag, DJ Money Good, DJ Bird Sanchez, they all have mixed shows on our stations. They all DJs at at clubs every week. Mm-hmm. Why not? Why wouldn't you want to have your song played in a club? I mean, the radio is cool, you know what I'm saying? You can enter it through our contest, but build relationships through the DJs too. Mm-hmm. Don't just single yourself out and just think about the radio, like. Because we're the ones that's going to go to our program director and be like, hey, this is a hot record. Do you think we could spike the playlist and play this? You know what I'm saying? Because like, our program director looking at songs that are already charting. You have to build relationships with people. And then in this industry, you have to remain neutral. I know you've been seeing the, the beef going on in Duval between you know local rappers and stuff. People ask me what my take is. Do you like this rapper better than the next? I'm like, I'm neutral. I just like good music. I'm not taking no sides. You talking about Tokyo and and all of that? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm neutral. Uh, what, I don't have nothing to say about that. My my feelings, I, I, you don't have to say anything, but I I will tell you, I hit her up on um 
on Snapchat and I told her and she never responded to me. I don't know if she read it or not. But I, I told her, I hit up Tokyo. And I told her I was okay. like, look, regardless of whatever I said, I don't know if this beef thing is true or not, but what I will tell you is you're in too high profile of a position at this point in your career to engage in that. You know what I'm saying? Like that's not even something that you need to entertain. I was like, because you're moving beyond being local. And all this is going to do is get you back into, you know, a local state of mind. You need to keep yeah. working on that pen. You need to keep because her pen game is great. I, I talked about her on uh, some of my, my 10 favorite mixtapes. Um, and I talked about her and I, I complimented her on her pen game. I mean, she she has a great flow. Her flow is amazing. Can the pen game get better? It absolutely can. But she's in a place artistically and from a writing standpoint that a lot of female rappers just aren't in the marketplace. And you keep in mind the fact that, I mean, the reality is the visual does play a part. She's a very pretty girl. So that, that, that's going to play a huge part in, in all of this. So she's got the full package and she's building her pin game up and she's developing more quality music and she's building relationships. She's she's touring. She's doing shows. She's getting better at her craft on that front. It's not a damn thing that the other young lady and no disrespect to the other young lady. I never heard of her, but there, it, there's not a damn thing that, that you need to engage with her about for what for who? You know what I'm saying? You barely in the city. Like, you know what I'm saying? You come home to see your family and all that kind of stuff, and then you go back to Atlanta. So, why even entertain that? Like, that's not even an argument you need to be entertaining it. And that's what I said to her. But, you know, and I, I would say that to the other young lady don't waste your time arguing with Tokyo Jets. Work on your pin game, get hot beats, make hot records, do great shows, and everything else will take care of itself. Right. You know? So. But that's that. That's that whole crap part, man. That's that on that, yeah. Yeah. I hate when people say Jacksonville is a crap pot. Like we have so. But it's true, though. <laughs> I mean, there's there's a bunch of talented people, but but you think about you think about how many talented people should have gone farther, and because you know person person A B C or whoever. Um, you know, didn't fuck with that person. You know, they shitted on them. You know what I'm saying? There are artists that that should be out of the stratosphere. I mean, you got Belize, who who I compliment all the time as one of the great artists. I like artists. his mixtape. <laughs> mm-hmm. I love Can't Belize. Swords, love Swords. Um, you yeah, got Tokyo. I mean, when Ivory, did, I don't know how much you know about Ivory as a rapper. But when Ivory decides to rap, he is without a doubt. Oh, the, wait, Ivory, the yeah. promoter? Yes, Ivory, the promoter. Really? I send you some stuff. But Ivory, and he's on all the uh, all uh, Young Traps mixtapes. He always hops on and does a quick feature. But Ivory is, without a doubt, probably the greatest rapper in the last 15 years in the history of Duval County. I got to help you. You got to send me something. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, it, it's just he overtakes records. He, it's... You know, people. I use this as I use this as my description of it, but keeping in mind, obviously, he's not this guy. But it's like the Andre three thousand effect. You know what I mean? Like when Andre gets on somebody else's record, it's just it's like okay, well, I don't know what the fuck y'all gonna do with that. Like you know what I'm saying? It, you know, like it's the same thing with Ivory. Ivory gets on the record, he murders the record. But yeah, he's he's been. I mean, he's been doing stuff for for years. I mean, you know. He was doing stuff because I was talking to Belize. Belize did a um, the Belize did an episode of the podcast, and he talked about having done stuff with Ivory years ago when he had first started. Because you know they about the same age, oddly enough, you know. 
But yeah, really? yeah, yeah, yeah. Belize just Asia real well. That's how it is. I'm just learning new things. Yeah, new things. yeah. I mean, so, but I mean, um, that's that's just the marketplace. I mean, it, it's unfortunate that that you have promoters and, and Ricky talked to this too. Um, you know, Ricky is managing Young Trap with uh with Grand Prix. And um, that whole team is, has been doing a lot of amazing work. And shout out to Trap, who, who's putting out amazing records. He's been putting out hits since 2010. You know, so it was just a matter of time before he was going to take off. But um, we had a conversation, and, and Ricky talked about some of his experiences as far as being in meetings and things like that, where, you know, basically people would call back, you know, higher ups in the industry, you know, that could potentially get major deals, major investors and things like that. They call back to Jacksonville and ask some of the folks who are prominent in the marketplace, hey, what's going on with this guy, Young Trap? And they wouldn't say things very positive because Ricky and them wouldn't necessarily do business with, you know, whoever the person was that they got that phone call. And that's the kind of shit that that's bullshit. Like, Look, trap is good whether they decide to do business with you or not. So if somebody calls, either do one or two things: tell the truth, or be like, "Hey, I don't really know much about the about the artist. You're probably better off calling so and so." But don't don't get on right. the phone and shit on nobody. But that's the kind of stuff that goes on in Jacksonville. You never know who knows somebody. Yep. Like seriously. Yep. You never know, and and I'm sure people thought that. That Ricky wouldn't find those things out, but he's sitting in the room when when these phone calls are made, and there's a conference call going on, and they looking at Ricky, and Ricky looking at them, and looking at the damn phone like, "What the fuck?" Because <laughs> I mean, if you're from Jacksonville, you know you know that uh, Travis popping. So, yeah. I mean, how you gonna how you gonna fix your face to say anything to the contrary? But that's that's part of the game, as I'm sure you've experienced. I mean, has that been something that you feel like you've experienced from a radio perspective, like where? You know, some of the competitors have shit on you. I feel like Jacksonville people, like people in my city, they only wanna, they only wanna be about you when they think you popping. Like, they don't wanna, they don't wanna struggle. They don't wanna start from the beginning with you. And believe me when I say this, I am gonna be the next Angie Martinez. Like everything I say, it comes true. And I look up to Angie Martinez, Lala. I'm gonna make it, and when I do make it to the top. And everybody from my city gonna be trying to book me. It's gonna be crazy. Just, just like my words, Brandon. <laughs> I, I already believe it's you. It's gonna be crazy. I mean, I, I, I always knew you were gonna be special. I never questioned that because I mean, I. I mean, having having been, uh, you know, I, I'm at the point now in my life where I can tell people, yo, I'm pretty fucking dope and I feel like I'm a special person. I, I can look at, at other young people and I can say, okay, that person is going to be something special. And I, and I always knew that about you. I didn't know where you were going to go with it. You know what I'm saying? Because, again, I didn't I didn't anticipate that you were going to end up in radio. When when that happened, I was like, what? what? She's doing what? I didn't even realize that until <laughs> my junior year in college. So, so. I didn't know you until that time came. Yeah, I mean, you were around music, obviously, having been in the band and everything like that, but I just, you know, that just wasn't the role that I thought you were going to be in. But, I mean, I'm happy for you. I'm proud of you. I'm proud of everything that you're doing. I mean, you know, I, I try to keep up with what you have going on as I, you know, hop around the country doing all the things that I'm doing. But, I mean, you're doing great work, man, and just continue to do great work. As you said, stay neutral, and I think that I think that ultimately it'll pay off. You know what I'm saying? It's a slow process like anything else, but it'll it'll pay off. Now, what are your feelings on traditional radio? Um, do you feel like it still has a, 
a place? Do you still think it feels plays a significant impact in the music industry and in the culture at large? Because you know a lot of people are getting their getting their music in and digesting it from different platforms, whether that's SoundCloud, whether that's Apple Music, whether that's Spotify or whatever the case might be. Do you feel like you guys still play a significant role in uh in music and in culture? Definitely, at large? definitely. Radio is still popping like. Like radio stations, not just on air, but sometimes when record label reps want their new artists, like I got BB Borelli coming in next Wednesday, stuff like that. Like you actually get to do like meet and greets with your artists and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I think it's great you get to have on air interviews with your artists. Like I think traditional radio still plays a, ma- a major part. Yeah, definitely. The one thing that I'm going, I'm, I'm going to ask of you, which I have not had an opportunity to listen to you on air very much, obviously being where I'm at, um, and how early I go into work. Please don't be one of those people. If you're if you're gonna bring people in and you're gonna interview people, I highly encourage you, and you can give me feedback on how you feel about this. I highly encourage you to don't be afraid to take a chance when you've got that person in that seat because you don't know the next time you're going to have that person in that seat. So don't ask the same shit that the person that they just saw in Gainesville or they saw in Tampa. No, they, I like to have conversations. You know. Well, before I do interviews and stuff, I like to research right. my, my subject. Like I like to go find stuff about them. I go looking on their Twitter. I become like a little stalker like the week before I interview them. I like to just, you know, see how they are as a person. And then once I fill them out and the interview takes place, it's just like I'm having a conversation with you. Mm-hmm. I like to ask questions that the fans would want to know. Right. And punch them right between the eyes. Because, again, you don't know the next time you're going to have that person in the seat. And you don't know when you have that person in the seat. If you're going to, if your moment to break, if you're that, that great moment, that great sound clip that you're going to get that you're attached to is going to take place. So never take an interview for granted. Never be like, oh, OK, the Migos probably ain't going to want to answer this. Nah, throw it right at them. Let them decide that they don't want to answer it. You know what I'm saying? Let them shuck and jive and dodge it because you never know when your is y'all finished or is y'all done moment is gonna take place. You know, you never like seriously, you never know. Like you know what I'm saying? Like so, if you try to be considerate because you that's the other thing that I think a lot of a lot of radio personalities uh, tend to do, and they don't end up taking the next steps because they get comfortable in that market and they say, "Hey, I'm in a." 57 market is cool. So then they ask the same boring ass questions over and over again and they never oh, challenge the artist when they come in. Before I even like do the interview and it's aired and stuff, I always ask the artist, I'm like, is there anything you don't want to talk about? Because I don't want them to clam up on me. Mm-hmm. Like if you beefing with somebody and I, I bring up something and you don't want to talk about it, that I don't want to like turn you off with me. Mm-hmm. I want to just keep the interview flowing. Just tell me what you don't want to talk about and I can go along with that right but do it within reason because sometimes they're going to tell you they won't talk about something but you I mean it's, it's your job to ask the questions that people want to know and they may you not want me to be the Wendy Williams don't you I ain't saying that you I'm not saying that all I'm saying is is don't be afraid when you've got them in the seat You've got to ask the questions because if you avoid all the tough questions with them, if you lob them like little little soft questions all the time, I guarantee you, you're never going to have anything legendary. You're not going to have any great sound clips that move you into the next market. Think about uh, Go look at all them top 10 markets that you're talking about. Then look at the personalities that are in those markets. 
and then go and see if they have any legendary sound clips that make them that made them push the culture forward. They, they say, okay, that's their mark. That's their that's their Charlemagne the God moment. That's their DJ Envy moment. That's their Angela Yee moment. You know what I'm saying? Like that's yeah. that's their Ebro moment. Whatever the case might be, you have to have that in order to be in those markets. Every single one of them, big boy, all of them. In those markets, they you know those people who take those markets and they don't move, they're not afraid to push. So you can't be afraid right. to do that when you're in a 47, 53, 68 market. You know what I'm saying? But I just know that a lot of times, uh, a lot of times folks get lazy, and I just don't want that for you. You know what I'm saying? Right. So I'm definitely not lazy. You see, I'm it's 9:44 p.m. <laughs> and I'm still at work. It's all good. It's all good. Being great. <laughs> now I don't want to hold you up too much longer, but um. What what I do want to ask you is is who are you uh who are you currently listening to who you got in your iPod that you that you're listening to right now? I'm definitely listening to the, I'm definitely listening to that new future. Okay. Mask off. That's my song. You know you know that song right, Brandon? Yeah, of course. <laughs> that goes without saying. Never chase a bitch, chase a check. Yes, that's my song. Um. I just recently started listening to Chance the Rapper more mm-hmm. because just I learned that he's an independent artist. He, like he's donating money to schools. Like he just donated like one million dollars to the Chicago um, school. Probably, I Chicago public County, schools. I know yeah. it's in Chicago. Mm-hmm. He donated like one million dollars. I really like, even though I work for a hip hop station, I really like R and B music. Yeah, so I listen to like underground people, people that's not really like mainstream, like Beyonce or Rihanna yet. I listen to this girl called um, Ella May. I think she's from like Britain or something. She mm-hmm. has like an accent, but I love her music. Um, I love Kalani. I'm going to see her in concert next one in Orlando. I really like R and B music for real, for real. I listen to my trap music when I get to work. Right. I mean, I'm I'm kind of the <laughs> same way. Yeah, right I love now. Old school music. Yeah, I just bought a um, I just bought this uh, this record player offline through eBay. So I've been listening to a lot of uh, a lot of Stevie Wonder, the Jackson Five, you know, stuff like that. And it's amazing, man. I mean, it's amazing how how some of that music still stands up. Yeah, because it still gets sampled. That was great music. <laughs> that was really great music. Like that's when music was really popping. Like. Like seven my, minute uh, records you know what I mean like, that new song with Mariah Carey and YG mm-hmm. I forgot the name of it I think it's called I Don't Wanna or something right I was like you know what that song is sampled from she was like no I was like Donnell Jones <laughs> she was like what song is that so I played it she was like I never heard that I was like this is when good music was out right crazy like music is really being sampled right i mean you got records that were you know when we were coming up and even when our parents were coming up you know records that were anywhere from four to seven minutes long i mean you know and it was just jam sessions like that's the other thing like i'm sitting here listening to the stevie wonder record and it's just like a jam session smack dab in the middle of the record like it's like yo okay usually the song would end in in today's market you know what i'm saying like the song would be done after three minutes but like nah they do like two minutes of nothing but just jamming and just you know chanting in the middle of the song it's like this is the dopest shit ever but I mean they don't they don't really do that anymore in music it's sad yeah it definitely is so 
Before I let you what's go, what's in your iPod right now, Brandon? <laughs> oh, what's in my iPod right now? I'm, yeah, what's in your iPod? Golly, um, in my iPod right now, obviously there's Future. Um, J Cole's last <laughs> album is in my iPod. The the album before that is in my iPod. Um, Golly, what else am I listening to a lot? Oddly enough, oddly enough, um, a lot of what I'm listening to right now, and I guess this is a testament to me getting old, is uh, is old school hip hop, like stuff from the '90s, like when I was like in middle school and when I had just gotten high school and stuff like that. So I, I listen to a lot of DMX. I listen to a lot of Nas. I'm a I'm a huge Jay Z fan, um, and everybody who knows me personally. And if you're watching on a if you're watching on Facebook Live, you see a picture of. Um, of Tupac uh, <laughs> turned into a centaur on my wall, and uh, <laughs> that's what uh, some of my neos from my fraternity that I had brought into the org. They knew that I like Tupac, so they decided to, you know, make this little piece of art or whatever. They know like I'm I'm the biggest Tupac fan. Like that's I feel like Tupac is uh, the greatest hip hop artist of all time. Not the greatest rapper. Biggie unquestionably is the greatest rapper of all time, but. Uh, Tupac moved the culture forward in a way that I think uh, no one else has before, and you know nobody ever else, nobody else ever will. Um, but that's just that's just me. But um, you know, and then obviously I, I love I love everything that Kanye West did before my beautiful dark twisted fantasy. So I listen to a lot of that too. Well, before I let you go, why don't you uh, why don't you tell everybody how they can get in contact with you, where they can reach you at, um, you know, what time you're on the radio, whether it's in Orlando or in Jacksonville, and then also share a little bit of of, of encouraging words, something that you would want people who are trying to get in the industry to know. outlets. I have Snapchat, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. You can search me by Tysheeks. That's T-Y-S-H-E-E-K-S. My email is Tysheeks at Coxinc. That's C-O-X-I-N-C dot com. If you have a song you think should be played on the radio, make sure you submit it to Power1061.com inside of our Duval's Finest Double XL contest. And what was the other question, Brandon? Just any, uh, any encouraging words, anything that you, you know, maybe it was something that someone once told you as you were getting into the industry, you know, for, for any young people that may be trying to get in, something that they may need to know or encouraging words you want to share. Just never give up. Never let nobody, never let anybody tell you you can't do something because you can't always do anything you set your mind to. Sky is the limit. Um, when people tell me I can't do anything, it's like a, a motivator for me because I always like to prove people wrong. Just never give up. Just constantly keep practicing. If you're not where you're, where you want to be right now, it's okay because it takes steps to get to where you want to be. Nothing you want comes easy. If it's easy, then you're going to lose it easy. Mm-hmm. You have to really like work for it and put in the work, put in the time because you're, you're not going to appreciate it. You're not going to appreciate it. Right. All right. Well, I definitely appreciate you, Tashika, for uh, hopping on the podcast today. I told you it was going to go by real quick. You was right here fussing about, oh, it was going to be an hour long. We, we did 42 oh minutes, God. no problem. Like, I'm no problem. I'm just, I'm at work, so I'm really, like, just multitasking. <laughs> it's you know? all good. It's all made good. It comfortable and 
lifestyle. Exactly. So for so for those of you trying to get in contact with me, you can reach me on Instagram at Brandon Kobe Jacobs. You can hit me up on Snapchat at BKJEST1984. You can hit me up in the email at Brandon Kobe Jacobs at Yahoo.com. This is the established 1984 podcast. I am Brandon Kobe Jacobs. You've been listening to Ty Sheeks. Y'all take care.